today we have a, a very special guest joining us. We have the CEO of Ropka, uh, Jahan. Uh, Jahan, great to, to have you on today. Um, really appreciate your time today. Um, yeah, it'd be great if you could give, give the audience just a, an introduction to yourself. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, my name is Johannes Scherperhoff, and um, I'm the CEO of Robka, and I've been um, with Robka for a little longer than uh, a year now. I previously had a, a long career at a company called Arthrex, where, um, yeah, I, I was part of a very uh, successful and um, I think exciting growth story where um, the company uh, became the market leader in sports medicine and uh, it was a founder-led and is still a founder-led company. So to some extent, I think it often still felt like a very big startup. So I've, I've had some of that pleasure and I had different roles in, in, in my journey there. I, I worked in um, sales and I had um, some sales teams that I led and uh, also worked with distributors, change distributors to direct distribution and uh, build up a department that was focused on health economics, market access and pricing in Germany. And also uh, at, at the very end, I, I started a business unit for Arthrex that was focused on the ambulatory market in Germany. So I really had a lot of different experiences and it was a great, a really great journey. Prior to that, I worked in, uh, in management consulting for a company called Carney. And uh, yeah, I have a business background and now I'm in robotics in healthcare. I think that's really exciting. No, that, that's great. And yeah, thanks for the, the introduction. Now, obviously you've had quite a, a extensive career working with, with Arthrex, but now you are the, the CEO at Ropka, which is obviously extremely exciting. Um, it'd be great if you could t tell the audience a little bit about Ropka and what they're aiming to do. Yeah, so um, at Ropka, we have um, created uh, what we call ARTHA, which stands for the Arthritis Ultrasound Robot. And um, ARTHA is the world's first autonomous um, ultrasound robot. It, um, it scans hands autonomously um, with the patient. So um, it, it does not require a, a doctor or a nurse to be present while the robot is, is scanning the hands. And then it um, also provides decision support for the clinician um, in the form of a um, color-coded report, which gives a very fast overview. And then um, it also it, it annotates anatomical structures and um, provides an assessment of the situation. Um, and, and yeah, our goal is to really improve the availability of ultrasound and um, as a first step, really um, solve the issue of large and long waiting times um, in, the, in the area of rheumatology where, where patients in most of Europe and most of the world really face a shortage of, of clinicians in this field. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's great. And definitely uh, such a, a worthwhile course that can um, really affect people's lives moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Massively. Um, I mean, um, the, the disease is really a debilitating disease. And if it goes untreated for, for longer times, it's leading to poorer outcomes than could actually be achieved with the available drugs. Um, I think there have been huge strides in the drugs 
So um, if the disease is, is, is treated um, uh, fast enough, you can actually achieve uh, very good results in this area. Um, the critical thing is that you just get the people on the medicine um, fast enough. And, mm -hmm. and currently that's, that's, that's really a struggle. Um, I mean, in, in, in the UK, for example, where I think you're based, um, there is a, a really an uneven distribution of, of rheumatologists and also of this, this waiting time I, I mentioned. In some places, it's, it's a very long wait. And in some places, I think it's also quite fast. But uh, there are still many patients that wait a long time to get a diagnosis for the disease. Yeah, yeah of course. And that's obviously such a, a big issue. And this is where your, your robot can come in and, and really, really make a difference. Yeah, exactly. That's what we that's what we are hoping. We're we're really hoping to make a difference uh, in the lives of patients and and improve their outcomes and 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 function of their joint. I mean, having you know our hands are so important today. I mean, previously obviously they were also important. You need them to to eat, but you also today with you know the arrival of the the smartphones and and even with computers, I mean, you can't function very easily without using your hands. So, so impairment there is a big problem. We also want to, <clears throat> of course, help the, the, the workforce of rheumatologists and the nurses involved, because if you, if you work in an, in an overcrowded but understaffed department, that's yeah. also a, a big challenge. And in, in Germany, there were some studies that indicated that quite a lot of the clinicians are, are quite fed up with such situations. So we also hope to make an or to create an improvement in their lives that we can hopefully provide solutions that um, that automate simple tasks that are maybe also less exciting for the for the clinical staff and bring the clinical staff into situations where you know their expertise is really required. Yeah, excellent. And obviously being able to, to help the, the clinicians to spend more time on, on what they want to do and actually care for the patients instead of having to, to go through all sort of the, the waiting times to get their patients actually seen to is, is such an important aspect. And ha having a robot that can do that is obviously going to really change the way they work. Yeah, yes, exactly. I think that that's, that's, that's an important point because um, I, I think... Um, currently, like when, when I talk to rheumatologists, there's a, typically a, a consensus that um, the referral process from you know, a general practitioner or sometimes also, in, like in, for example, in Germany, from an orthopedic doctor often to a rheumatologist, that that referral process is, is really where we could critically impact um, society and, and, and also the clinicians. So you know, them in 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 many markets and many uh, patients are referred, and they are often not very well documented uh, in that referral, and that makes it tough to prioritize the right patients, you know, to be seen. And it also makes it tough for the patients because I mean, just imagine when you you read on the internet about this disease, it's like um, you know, you read things like bone erosion after six weeks, you, you read things and then you see images of, of mangled hands and, and it must be quite frightening and, and lead to anxiety in, in, in the patients when they, when they read this and then they, they notice that their appointment is in six months time. So I think you know with, with, with equipping the patient with better documentation um, before they arrive at the rheumatologist office, 
will really unclog some of this weight and, and make sure that the, the, the right patients go to the clinician and the clinician then um, can help these people. Whereas a lot of the other people have the frustration of having waited a long time in the wrong queue. And I mean, we all know that when you wait in the wrong queue and you realize, you know, the, the other queue, you know, moved along while you were standing there in the wrong queue, that's also a massively frustrating and costly uh, mistake. So we hope to, to really like in, in that area to really make a, a, a fast and, and significant dent uh, in, the, in the system and really, really uh, improve the situation for staff and patients. Yeah, excellent. Obviously, it says uh, just behind you, transforming healthcare with AI yeah. and robotics. Just how much do you think the, the world of AI and robotics can actually tran uh, transform the healthcare industry? Um, I think that um, that both are, are, are huge subjects. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of companies that, um, that were working with and on AI um, to improve healthcare. And um, I, I believe that AI on its own has, has, has very big um, possibilities to impact uh, healthcare. I mean, we have made big strides in, uh, in, um, yeah, in pattern recognition and images. And, um, and, and uh, yeah, I think there's, there's big potential just there. But I also think that this intersection of AI and robotics where we are is, 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 is exciting because um, most of the robots that you see in use today, um, at least clinically, um, are telemanipulation devices. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, they give, I mean, you could kind of, in a very simplified kind of way, you could kind of say that they give the, the clinician superpowers, you know, higher accuracy, um, more um, reprodu uh, reproducible um, movement. Um, but they still need to be operated by a clinician. Um, and in my view, there is going to be, uh, you know, we the demographics that we face mean that we have fewer clinicians that are actually working and more people um, that will require healthcare. And in, in my view, having AI help a robot become autonomous is, 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 is therefore a really big deal because if the robot through AI, in like in our case, for example, becomes autonomous, then it can really save the time um, for, for humans working in healthcare. Um, and I think that also will become increasingly important as the workforce in healthcare is obviously also aging. So I guess if we have an older workforce, maybe we cannot expect them to do the same um, you know, the same, let's say, hard labor um, mm -hmm. and, you know, scanning the over and over again is definitely also hard labor. So I think robotics in, and AI could really um, also help us perform some of the physical tasks that, you know, AI on its own can solve. Yeah, of course. And like you say, with the sort of the, the aging, um, demographic within sort of healthcare professionals, having sort of AI and robotics can sort of really help uh, them just uh, focus on, on what's important. And that's obviously that the patient's care um, and also would allow them to uh, perform more procedures at a better standard because they'll be less sort of fatigued due to the, the nature of the, the work they do. Yes, and, and, and 
Yeah, I, I, exactly. I absolutely. I think that that's important. Um, what I could also imagine is important to some of the healthcare professionals is that um, I think many um, healthcare professionals in the past um, have, you know, have, have worked very long hours and have typically not had the benefit of working um, remotely or part-time or flex-time. And there's, I know that, for example, in Denmark, we recently had a call where the, the politicians called for people on part-time to go full-time again. Many of them won't want to do that. So if we can find solutions where maybe our technology enables these um, healthcare workers to also have asynchronous work so that let's say, you know, a patient would come in and get scanned by Arthur when, the, when maybe the doctor is already home with their kids, but then the doctor can either later or early in the morning review some of this work and then you know um, instruct somebody to to either call patients in for for physical visits or um, tell patients that 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 they don't have this for example our disease rheumatoid arthritis and they they need to see a, their general practitioner or somebody else again so i think you know if if we can if we can contribute a small part to making their work life for um, the clinicians better, that's also a big contribution. Yeah, definitely. And uh, obviously, Arthur and uh, Diana, you're, you're very boss in AI. Um, just how autonomous is that and, and how much can that um, sort of reduce the, the workload for the clinicians? Yeah, so it is actually quite um, autonomous. So um, when um, when a, when a patient comes in, the um, the essentially the AI in in our solution in our machine, um, it helps the um, it helps the robotic arm understand where it needs to land the ultrasound probe. So we use a three dimensional image um, of the hand to determine landing sites. Mm -hmm. And then um, while we are scanning, we have another separate AI look at the ultrasound images that is um, that are being taken um, and then um, pick out the best images and the best angles for the for the ultrasound. Um, it will also automatically take the images, save the images, overlay the images with a Doppler image that it also takes automatically. And then it will, you know, evaluate those images, produce a report. Potentially, we haven't we haven't properly developed that yet, but it will aggregate uh, previous data because we are dealing with a chronic disease, and mm -hmm. it will file that. I mean, in Denmark, it already files it in the um, electronic patient journal. So in Denmark, for example, it's a seamless process. The the patient goes in and is is. Is for the, at the when they when they when they do this the first time they instructed on how to put ultrasound gel on because that can be a bit tricky and a bit messy, um, but uh, but uh, other than that it's actually a really simple process. I mean Arthur talks to you and it uh, it, it visually and verbally instructs the patients um, and um, it works very well. I mean we. We have, so the experience we typically have is, is that at the first time you have patients requiring that help with the ultrasound gel, 
On the second visit, they are still very excited while they're being scanned. And on the thir third visit, it's you know easy peasy and they are almost a little bit bored that it isn't more difficult. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe we'll also have to come up with some additional things that you know Arthur could do while the patients are being scanned. And those could be, for example, uh, recording, you know, some of the you know, patient self-reported outcomes, or you know, other things um, that could be could be done in that in that time while the patient just calmly has their hand on the screen. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like a, a really user-friendly robot and AI that you've you've created there. Um, obviously, with, with products like this, there's a lot of sort of regulation that you have to go through to actually get it onto the market. Yeah. Now, obviously, you, you started it in 2019, and then in, in 2021, you, you submitted your first products for uh, CE marking in the EU. Um, just sort of how difficult is that process when it comes to AI and robotics? Um, yeah, I mean, that process is, of course, uh, very challenging. I mean, what we, are, what we are producing here is a novel type of product, um, and, and therefore it is, it is very challenging. I mean, both... Both Arthur and Diana are CE mark now, and it, it took us quite a while to do that. Um, I, I still think we were we were fast, but of course it is a it's an important process, and uh, it's a process that takes time. We also did this during COVID, which probably impacted this as well, um, because you obviously had a lot of people on sick leave and. And many of the processes in the certifying bodies also didn't work as, as they normally would. So yeah, this is really important. It's not easy, um, but we, we made it. And uh, we hope that uh, you know, in maybe a year, uh, we also start by working on the, on the FDA approval process. Uh, excellent. Yeah, that was going to be sort of my, my next question in terms of the future. Obviously, you, you're working in the EU at the moment, but uh, you're looking to expand into the US uh, at some point in the near future. Yes. Yeah, we, we're absolutely looking to, to, to also expand into the US. Um, I think for now, um, it is, it's great to, you know, have a, you know, have a start here in Europe. Um, I mean, we are based in Denmark, so... We are now uh, we have the first installations in Denmark running, and um, we are also going to have an installation in Germany um, probably towards well, at the end of the year um, as a first installation, which is really exciting for me. I mean, I'm actually I was born and raised in Germany, so so it's exciting to be back there and, and have Arthur there too. Yeah, so this is all super exciting, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, sounds sounds amazing. And yeah, as I, I can imagine, how how excited you are to to take a product that you've worked with back to back to your home country. So yeah, yeah that that sounds great. Um, obviously, there is a, a relationship that you need to have with with the hospitals and clinicians yeah. when it comes to a, a product like this. Just sort of how, how challenging is it to um, sort of work together and really. Make, make the clinicians and people understand how to use this robot? Yeah, so um, I think generally, I'm, I must say, I'm really, um, I'm really thankful how um, nice and um, how open the clinicians are towards Arthur. Um, I think it is, um, in my career, I, I previously, I have never experienced sort of uh, luminaries in their field get back to me this fast. Um, 
so you know that's fantastic like um you know with with arthrex i also sometimes really ran after you know clinicians and it felt very very tough to 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 get you know to get some of their attention and here with arthur we are actually getting a lot of attention and it is um yeah it is it is very helpful also for us at this stage you know to be in touch uh, with clinicians and ideally constantly because they have so much input um you know we have created i think a, a really novel uh, piece of equipment and a novel you know way of working because of this you know autonomous way um that our product you know functions as but that means that we also have to find out, you know, what is the ideal workflow? Who is the, you know, where where should Arthur stand? Um, who should be in charge of Arthur? How do we book Arthur? Um, you know, there are so many questions and also so many things that we today haven't don't have answers for. Where we are still, um, I think at this point we probably have still almost equal amounts of questions. Uh, to 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 answers that we've got in the meantime so it's super important to have this dialogue and to to hear like i mean I, when i when i have a conversation with a doctor i always try to have, you know have giant ears and and really try to listen to what is it that they actually want what is it that they actually mean and ask as many clarifying questions as i can without you know sounding like an interrogator um <laughs> So, 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 yeah, I mean, having contact with them is invaluable. It's, it's, it's incredibly important. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And the, the feedback you've had so far, sort of just how positive has that been? The, yeah, I mean, the feedback is, is, is super positive. Um, in, um, in terms of, you know, to discussing it with the, with the clinicians, I think we would, uh, you know, there, there are, of course, you know, everybody has some doubts and there's also, there, there are, um, let's say, there are things that they wish that Arthur could do already that Arthur can't do yet. Mm -hmm. um, but that is typically for me very um, comforting because if, if somebody talks to me about things they would like in addition, that means that they kind of accept the achievements that we've, you know, produced so far. So um, I, we were recently um, at, a, at a meeting for imaging and rheumatology, and uh, it, was, it was nice, like when this um, very experienced lady said, yeah, those images are really cool. I, that was, that was uh, you know, almost a bit, yeah, almost a bit surprising for me how, you know, how enthusiastic she was about how good the images were that Arthur is taking. And many, many doctors are actually very surprised how good the images are. Um, so that's, 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 that's fantastic. I think the bigger challenge that we still have right now is, you know, who is going to pay for it? Um, how, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, how do we best do this? Should this be part of the, um, the normal, you know, statutory uh, health insurance? Um, should this be, should we focus mostly on, you know, the privately insured patients in, let's say, Germany? Should we, should we make it a co-payment, an out-of-pocket payment? I think, you know, in healthcare, this is always a super important question. Who, and, you know, who, who is paying already potentially for it? Um, who could be paying for it? And, you know, how can you make a, a business model work that will benefit all sides? 
Yeah, and like I say, there is a, a number of challenges and hurdles to, to overcome to sort of really get a, a product into the market. Sort of in, in your position as CEO, what would you say that the biggest challenge for you personally has been? Uh, well, I mean, I joined the company where, when I think the, uh, you know, the, let's say the, the stock market and, and, you know, the financial environment were, were, were souring a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think personally, like one of the more challenging things have been to, you know, we've been in fundraising mode for quite a while also. And that has been that has been challenging. I don't think it's currently the easiest market to raise funding in, um, but we are we are about to to successfully uh, close a round, which is which is really good. So I hope that by the time of publication of this, the the round will have closed, um, and then we will be funded um, for for at least eighteen months. Um, we also still have a lot of um, potential grants coming in, so soft funding, mm-hmm. which, which would be would be very helpful. Um, so I think that has been the biggest challenge. Um, I think normally it would also be a huge challenge to recruit talent, actually, um, yeah. for this space, because you know when you're trying to create something new, it's not so easy to find uh, good people for that. Let alone, I mean, you you're not going to find experts. So I think we're super lucky that you know in our um, in our two founders, we have already a lot of expertise. You know, medical expertise um, in in CERN, Andreas Hust, who is uh, the the rheumatologist co-founder, and in um, Fusius Rajit Zavrimutu, who's our CTO and who's a, a professor in robotics and AI. And um, and then of course it was a, a big help. We are based still at the at the university where that we were spun out of, which is the University of Southern Denmark um, SDU, and we are on campus, so we have our offices there. And of course, you know that's attractive to student workers. It's considered to be a top-notch robotics, you know, university, um, and. And and we also uh, we attract uh, yeah we attract some of the best the best guys that that you know come out of uh, SDU in robotics and AI and I think that has been a big help for us. But most companies are probably not in such a lucky position. You know, it's 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 very lucky that we are based where we are based. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like you have a. A great pick of talent that you can uh, sort of work with from from the university. Um, yeah. You mentioned there sort of how important the, the funding situation is. Um, obviously, congratulations. Hopefully, when the, the season yeah. in, fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. <laughs> um, just how important will that be for the, the future of Ropka and uh, the growth plans over the next eighteen months? Yeah, I mean that's super important. Um, I, in my view, you know the. When you're selling something that hasn't been before, it is, you know, unless you, unless I show, uh, I mean, of course I can show Arthur as a video and somebody will also understand it that way, but it's much more powerful if I bring Arthur somewhere and I can, you know, have people experience Arthur um, and see it firsthand and have patients being scanned and, you know, hear what are they saying? What is their feedback? Um, you know that that is important to get the attention, especially of the people sitting with the purse strings in healthcare systems. 
if I go and you know provide somebody with a PowerPoint or a brochure, I don't think I can get you know uh, technologically as advanced and therefore also not as cheap machine as, as I have into that hospital. So for us, it is paramount importance to do um, to do trials at hospitals and. For that, we need, of course, we need the, the machines and, um, and we are happy. And KUKA has been also very supportive. KUKA is the maker of our robotic yeah. arm. Um, but, you know, we need those machines to be out there and, and you know, convince the, the guys sitting with the purse strings, the, you know, directors um, of those clinics. Um, and of course, also, we need clinical studies and we can only perform clinical studies if we have machines out. So <clears throat> it, is, it is not uh, a type of, of company that you can, you know, uh, found and fund on a shoestring. It's, yeah. it's unfortunately something that requires also some, some investment and capital. Yeah, and like I say, the way the, the market's going, AI is obviously... Uh, huge, just look at sort of generative AI, chat GPT, it's becoming yeah. a lot more mainstream these days. There's a lot more companies looking to, to get involved with that. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that's going to hugely benefit the, the healthcare industry as well with, with more mainstream companies looking to, to get involved with companies in that industry? I, I mean, I, I think it has, it has uh, a lot of potential. And I, I imagine that it must have an impact. Um, I'm not sure exactly, you know, how big the impact will be, but um, in healthcare, it's always a little bit of a different, you know, animal. Um, it's not as easy to just use something that, you know, that works with consumers and consumer industries. But I do think, I mean, it, it, it must have big potential. There's so much, you know, so much work being done on documentation, um, et cetera, where probably a generative AI could perform certain functions. I generally also think that there is a lot of potential still in, in healthcare and, and potential that we need to realize. Um, so we need, need to, we need to make healthcare, uh, you know, better and faster and, and also somehow cheaper. So, so I think we have a lot of work to do still. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course, obviously, we're still relatively in the infancy of, of AI and, and what the future could, could bring. Um, for Ropka itself, um, what are your, your future goals and what's the, the short term and long term ambition for the company? Well, the short-term ambition is, you know, to to make uh, to make Arthur a success where where essentially the product is right now. You know, to the the short-term ambition is to now have um, a certain level of market penetration, have some you know innovators uh, work with us and 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 bring this to patients. And then the medium goal is to become the sort of the one-stop shop in the hand. Um, there's a lot of people that have hand pain. I, I think mm -hmm. the estimate is about 30% of us will have hand pain. And, yeah. you know, it, Arthur could be a, a beautiful first destination for, the, for that hand pain. And then, you know, sending people into more or less always the right directions. Um, and I think that would, that would already help many people. Um, so that would be our sort of medium-term goal where we then can also perform um, a differential diagnosis and, and, and have more therapeutic areas than we currently do. So osteoarthritis, 
maybe psoriatic arthritis, um, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, things that you can do on the hand. And then the long-term ambition is that we become a company that greatly, you know, greatly um, improves and expands the availability of ultrasound. And ultrasound is the most benign modality. I mean, it is a very inexpensive um, tool. It is typically mobile when you compare it to a CT or an MRI scanner. It is, um, it is, you know, it, you, you, you can, it, it has many, many options to, you know, to, to, to take images. You can take moving, you know, on moving structures, you can take images. So, so it, it's a fantastic modality that I think really suffers from being, you know, user dependent. You, first of all, you don't have so many users because you need to, you know, teach them for a long time. And then, um, secondly, it's also there's a lot of inter-user variability um, because they are not performing it every time the same and some people are talented, some people maybe less so. So, you know, we really want to bring this, you know, consistent, objective ultrasound uh, to, to additional fields. And we want to um, productize some of the maybe uh, you know, some of the maybe tougher to do applications. So, I mean, in orthopedics, where I previously worked, there are doctors that, that can diagnose the torn ACLs with ultrasound. Mm. It's not the mass. I mean, most people can't. So I think, you know, we could really lift ultrasound in many areas too um, and, and could have really big impact with that. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it was, sounds like you've made a, a good start to that, that progress and with, with Arthur. Uh, and Diana, it sounds like you're going to make a, a huge impact in the market. Um, I guess for you, you personally, uh, Johan, what does the future hold for you? Are you, you really looking forward to continuing the journey with Rotka? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very excited about about Rotka, and you know, it's 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 such a great pleasure when you have a product that you know um, that is that that is good. You know that like that that the the doctor typically things is good for the patient that most doctors at least um, yeah, also think is good for them. I mean, you obviously, you know, when you come with robots and AI, there's always also some, some people that are afraid of whether they are technically able to operate with such a system or whether they are, you know, whether is it going to replace me? But I, I think there's no chance of that happening because uh, currently the weights are so huge that, that, that I, I, I can't see that happening. But um, so I, I think it is just fantastic to have, you know, such innovative technology and to bring something like that to the world. And that's what, you know, typically makes my day. You know, I, I, I come to work uh, feeling really excited about the product and about bringing this to doctors. And then it's, you know, it, it, it is again, you know, it's a positive circle. If you then meet a doctor and they find it exciting, then, you know, even, even more exciting for me. Right. So um so i sometimes feel like a a, a really a really um you know ha happy 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 and excited person there but uh, but it is it's wonderful i mean uh i i think it's 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 this is partly why we work in healthcare you know we want to make a difference yeah and it's, it's so clear to see your passion for this this product come through and uh, yeah i wish you the the best of luck with uh getting it through to the, the next stage and getting that seed funding come through. And uh, yeah, like I say, hopefully in the next few weeks, you'll be able to share some, some real positive news. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on uh, today, Johan, and uh, yeah, wish you the, the best of luck with Rotka. And I hope to see it in the news in, in the next few weeks and, mm -hmm. and months ahead that it, that's really making an impact in the healthcare industry. But uh, yeah, really appreciate your, your time and thank you very much for, for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Toby. That's really kind of you. And uh, thank you for having me. It, it's, it was a very nice conversation. Perfect. Uh, well, look, that's it for today. Uh, thank you to all the listeners for, for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode that will be out shortly.